Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Uh, we've been in a series the last three weeks on, it's called The Blessed Life. And how many have been here to hear at least one of those? If you've been here, raise your hand if you heard that, right? And, and the last time I preached that was a couple of years ago. And one of the things that we that I don't do here in this church is I don't talk to you about money. I, I don't want you to come into this church and begin to think, ah, oh, there's another church. All they ever talk about is money. How many have ever heard of churches that all they talk about is money, right? See, see some hands. And I don't blame you, brother. If I was in a church like that, I wouldn't want to be a part of it. So I don't talk about money. And here's my viewpoint on that. And, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because the blessed life is talking about some of the, but it's talking about principles. It's talking about how God wants your heart. He doesn't want your money, okay? How many heard the, the preacher this week that was trying to raise money so that he could get another jet, a multi-million dollar jet? How much was it? Six million dollars? $58 million, right? There's a preacher, well-known preacher. I'm not going to mention his name. You can look it up yourself. He was asking his congregation and others for $58 million to buy a corporate jet so that he could fly and preach the gospel in his words. Now, why can't he fly commercial like you and I? I don't know. But see, that, that's greed, right? Would you agree with me that that's greed? And there's so many more examples. I was, I was going to start going there, but I better not. There's so many examples of that. And what I want to try to teach you, and this is really teaching on the blessed life, on the principles of your heart. If your heart is right with God and with your fellow men, God pours out blessings into your life in relationships, in managing your finances, and in all sorts of things. How many have found that to be true in your life? When your heart is right. Amen? So this morning, I want to talk to you about the blessed life, breaking the spirit of greed. Everybody say the word greed. 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 It almost sounds like a mean word, right? Greed. It's, it's, a, it's like a bad word. It, and it should, should be because greed should not be natural for a believer. As a believer, we should be the opposite of greedy. We should be giving. Giving is the actual opposite of greed, to give, to, to bless others. Amen? Amen? You know, last week I talked about tithing, the principle of tithing, how it's found in the Old Testament, continued on in the New Testament, and that we as believers give of our, of our first 10%. And when we do that, God blesses that. And he, not only does He bless that 10%, but He blesses the remainder, the 90%, and it works for you. And on the other side of that, it also says that when we don't bless him, give to him, the rest of what we keep is cursed. How many read that last week? The Bible tells us that it's cursed. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have any curses in my life. I want to have blessings in my life. Amen? Amen. So I want um, each of us to say, I recognize you first, Lord. Say that with me. I recognize you first, Lord. When you do that with everything in your life, I promise you, things will go well with you. Things will be blessed in your life. Things will work in your favor in your life. Now, does it mean you will not have heartache or trials? No. You will still go through trials. You'll still go through heartache. But God will go with you. God will walk with you through every step of that way. 
through every step of that process. Amen? Amen. So we're going to continue to discover what it is to biblically live the blessed life. And here's what the enemy of your soul wants to do. He wants you to keep your eyes blinded to these principles because he knows that if you discover these principles, it changes how you manage, how you steward everything in your life. Because see, what does the world teach us? Mine, 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 right? That's what it teaches you. The world teaches mine. God teaches us, on the other hand, to give away, to bless others, to to be kind to others, to be generous to others. The world is a very greedy, greedy place. And it's contrary to the Word of God. Amen? So again, this principle that I want to talk to you about today, once you learn it, it will transform your life for the better. For the better. It will change every area of your life. It will change your marriage, your family, your health, your relationships with one another when you discover the principles that God has in His Word. But it does more than that. It impacts the the kingdom of God. Amen? You know, uh, what is it that attracts people to to you as a believer? Do you think uh, if an unbeliever out there sees you being greedy, unkind, that that attracts them to you? No, of course not. What attracts them to you is you're different. Something is different inside of you. There's a, a giving spirit inside of you. There's a loving spirit inside of you. There's a generous spirit inside of you. And that's birthed by the Holy Spirit because you're a believer. And when they see that, that's attractive to them. They want what you have. They don't know what it is, but they want what you have. And those are principles that we have discovered in the blessed life, when you live the blessed life. Amen? Yeah. Everybody say this with me. The opposite of being blessed, blessed is to, to be selfish. We were all selfish when we were kids. Don't, don't lie and say, oh, Pastor Rick, I wasn't, I wasn't selfish. I know you were selfish because you learned that one word, mine, mine. How many said mine? That's mine. You can't have that. You can't touch that. You can't borrow that. You can look at it, right? We all had that toy, that favorite toy. Maybe it's that nice vehicle you have out in the parking lot today. Maybe it's that nice vehicle you drove up in that, yeah, that's mine, but you can't touch that. (laughs) Be careful with that spirit. It's a spirit. That is a spirit. And we don't want to have that spirit that the world has of greed, of, of, of just hogging and, and having everything to yourself. Because that was never God's intention. Amen? So what I want to talk to you about this morning is this spirit. It's in this uh, Aramaic word that's found in the Bible. It's called the spirit of mammon. And that's out of the King James Version. But this is an Aramaic term. And this Aramaic word that's found in the, in the New Testament, and the Aramaic language was a language that was spoken at the time of Jesus. There was, there was the, the Greek that was spoken. There was the Aramaic that was spoken. See, these people just didn't speak one language. They spoke multiple languages during the time of Jesus. And Aramaic was one of the terms or one of the languages that they spoke. But this term meant to put your trust in riches, in money, in possessions, and in property. And it only occurs four times in Scripture in the New Testament. When I said that, that you put your trust in riches, money, possessions, or property, did you think of anybody in particular right now? You probably thought of somebody right now. Maybe if you didn't think of anybody, maybe that was you. 
Uh, God forbid, you, you don't want to be that person is what I'm trying to say. Because we all know somebody that their world revolves around things like this. Riches, money, possessions, or property. That's all they think about. That's all they talk about. That's how they live their life. They're very greedy people. Contrary to the word of God. Amen? Contrary. And here's what the, the problem is. At the heart of the word mammon, at the, at the base of this word, it's an attitude. It's an attitude that comes out of that person that says, I don't need God. I am self-sufficient. I can make it happen without him. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Amen. We would not be here without the grace of God. How many can say amen? Amen. 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 So to think that you can do it without God, you, you don't have a correct understanding of who you serve. Amen? Yeah. I've already shared with you the story about the gentleman that had the boat. Remember? How many remember the story about the gentleman with the boat? Because it's a good illustration. Let me share it again. Uh, know this guy. He pulls up with a beautiful boat. Beautiful boat. It's not just a little rowboat. Not a little two-seater, four-seater. It's a nice big boat. Seaworthy boat. And I tell him, man, that's a beautiful boat. Brand spanking new. And uh, he goes, yeah, it's, uh, it's beautiful, isn't it? I worked hard for it, he tells me. I said, yeah, God truly blessed you. And then he looked at me, he goes, well, um, I, no, it's, I, I worked hard for it. I, I deserved it, is what he was trying to, tell him, trying to tell me. And I looked back at him and I said, well, God blessed you with the ability to buy that boat, didn't he? He goes, well, yeah, because I worked hard for it. He couldn't get out of the fact that he thought he earned it. He thought he made it happen. How many of us have made that mistake in our life where we thought we made it happen? We didn't make nothing happen. Amen? We didn't make nothing happen. God made it happen. God made Gloria and Gregory happen today. Amen? Give them another hand again today. God, God alone supplies our needs. Amen? You don't. You're part of the process, but you alone do not supply it. Amen? The, the, the spirit, the attitude of mammon, again, it says that we don't need God, that I can do it, that we're self-sufficient, that, that we should trust in our money and our riches and our bank account instead. It is the definition of greed, absolute greed. And God forbid any of you are even there, and I know you all, and I don't believe that's any of you here today, thank God, but there are people like that that live in this world. There are people that maybe came to your mind when you hear these descriptions, and God forbid you know, that, that we should live like that as believers, because that's so contrary to his word. I want to invite you to stand with me as we read from the book of Matthew. We're going to read our sermon text. So if you'll stand with me this morning, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, it's on your outline. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, and this is out of the King James Version. And it says the following, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, again, is the word for, for money, the spirit of money, the spirit of riches. Amen? 
So let's pray, Father. This morning we praise you and we thank you for your precious word. Now we pray your anointing to our hearing, to our understanding. Help us to understand your word and the principles that are clearly outlined in your word so that we might live life the way you designed it, the way you created it to be. And Father, that we might experience the blessings that you have for us. So Lord, we thank you for this day. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. God bless you. Amen. Let me read to you. Um, and first of all, how many know that we live in a very greedy society? Here in the United States, probably the, if not the most greedy country in the world, at the top. How many would agree with me? Amen. Amen? Let me read to you just three different scandals, financial scandals that happened that every one of you probably heard about at one time. 2001, there was the Enron scandal. Anybody remember that? The Enron scandal at a, a, a Houston-based energy company. The shareholders lost $74 billion. $74 billion. We can't wrap our mind around a number like that. It, it, it affected the investors that gave that money. In fact, uh, in, investors lost their retirement accounts, and many employees lost their jobs due to two people, the CEO and there was an accountant. And how did they do it? They kept the debt off the balance sheets. They hid it from the shareholders. And so shareholders were giving money. Little did they know that they were losing money. At the end, they went bankrupt. And one of them got 24 years in prison. The other person, the head of this company, died. But again, $74 billion lost right there. Then there was the Lehman Brothers scandal in 2008. That was another, it was a global financial firm. They hid over $50 billion in loans disguised as sales. They hid them, okay? Again, greed. Check this out. It's a pattern of greed. How did they do it? They allegedly sold toxic assets to Cayman Island banks with the understanding that they would be bought back eventually, creating the impression that Lehman had $50 million, billion more cash and $50 billion less in, in bad assets than it really did. They went bankrupt. The company went bankrupt. It was the largest bankrupt at that time in U.S. history. And in fact, prior the year before that, Lehman Brothers was ranked the number one most ad admired securities firm. So it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. What's going on on the inside? Amen. And then finally there was... The third example was the Bernie Madoff scandal in 2008. Many of you, of you have heard about that. It was a Wall Street investment firm founded by Bernie Madoff. He tricked investors out of $64.8 billion through a Ponzi scheme. Through the largest Ponzi scheme in history, Bernie Madoff and his accountant and, and another individual, they were paid returns or investors were paid returns out of their own money or that of other investors, rather than from profits. It was a Ponzi scheme. Not everybody was getting, going to get paid ever a Ponzi scheme. Someone always loses in a Ponzi scheme. How they got caught? Madoff told his sons about the scheme, and they immediately reported them to the SEC. Because, exactly, right? That's what they should have done. They reported him to the SEC, and he was arrested the next day. Penalties were 150 years in prison for Madoff and $170 billion restitution. I mean, these are just some small examples. 
We could go on and on and on. All you got to do is Google these, and there's investment scandal after another after another. Why is that? Why is it so, so common here, not only in the United States, but all over the world? Because of that word greed. Because of the spirit of mammon. They're putting their trust in riches. God forbid that we do that as a church, as believers. There is no blessing in that. There's only death in that. There's only death. If you are putting your trust in riches today, there's death in that. Now, don't get me wrong. It's good to have a bank account. It's good if you have a retirement account here. That's great. Uh, You deserve that. But don't put your trust in that. Your trust should be in God Almighty. Amen? Amen? God will supply all of your needs. Amen? And again, the, what I want to try to get to you this morning or get across to you is that mammon or the spirit of mammon isn't another name for money. It's a spirit which can rest upon our money, our finances, if our stewardship priorities are out of order. We have to have our stewardship priorities in the correct order. You see, stewardship is what God wants you and I to do. When, when he's given you what you have, your possessions, they're not really yours. Not even your children are yours. They all belong to God. Amen. They're blessings unto you and I. God wants us to handle them correctly, to to be a blessing to others. Amen. So here again, it's clear. It's clear from the scripture we read that money that submitted that is submitted to God has the purposes and has the spirit of God on it. But the monies that that are not submitted to him can have a curse on it can have a curse on it and again i want to have god's blessings on my life amen amen Amen. here's here's what happens with people that are greedy they seem to think and maybe the bible says that when it lists a bunch of sins in the new testament it goes on to say and such were some of you remember that scripture some of you have read that Such were some of you, and I can relate to some of those things, just like you can. Maybe this was you years ago. Maybe it was you that was greedy. And they seem to think that money is what's going to make them happy. Have you ever felt like, man, you know, I get $50,000 a year in my job. If if I only had another extra $30,000, I'd be really happy. No, it's not going to make you happy. I'm sorry. Money doesn't make you happy. Let's get that straight right now. How many know money doesn't make you happy? It, the blessed life is much more than that. Not even, not even a million dollars will make you happy. Now, I know right away some of you are going, well, I'd, I'd like to try it, right? I'd like to try it, see if it makes me happy. But, but here's the thing. God won't give you anything more than you can handle. Amen. That's for the good and the bad. If you're questioning, well, God, how come I haven't... You know, I, I, I'm 40 years old and I still make, you know, $10 an hour or, or I'm not making what my other friends are making. You know why? Because you can't handle what he's given you. That's just the plain truth right there. Amen. That's biblical right there. Huh, Mother Betty, is that correct? Amen. God will give you more when he can trust you with more. Amen. So let's learn to live the principles that God is giving us. See, mammon... The spirit of mammon lies to us. It promises us happiness. It promises a better life. It promises sometimes even a better marriage. It promises all these 
falsehoods about what your life can be if I only won that lotto, if I only won that scratcher, if I only won that sweepstakes, if I only walked in the casino and boom, hit that winner, right? It's going to go good with you, right? How many have believed that lie? And you know who believes that lie? Is, is, the, is, is us minorities, we're the lower, the lower income people are the ones buying up lotto tickets, playing the lotto. And the, the government knows that they're, they're taking advantage of their own people. You know that? They're taking advantage of their own people. But that's a lie from heaven that, or a lie from hell, excuse me, that money, that a lotto win, that a scratcher win is going to make you, your life any better. It's not. God will make your life better right now, today, in the middle of your circumstance. Listen, listen to what God says, and it's on your outline. God says to give money or greed says to cheat. God says to receive greed or money says to steal. God says to be truthful about your taxes. Be truthful about your taxes. Mammon or... Oh! My bad. God says... To be truthful about your taxes, greed or the spirit of money says to lie, to cheat, to steal. Ah, oh, they're never going to know. Ah, come on, what's it going to hurt? Just, just put this number down. Look, God sees all. Why are you trying to hide it from anybody? God sees all. He already knows, amen? Why are we going to lie about that? See, the reason we can't serve both God and mammon is that the spirit of mammon is the opposite of the spirit of God. You cannot serve two. There are two masters. Either you're going to serve one or you're going to serve the other. You're going to serve one or you're going to serve the other. You know, mammon is a spirit which tells you, man, if I only had that house, we're part of the Napa Valley. So in Napa, if I only had a house in the gated community of Silverado Country Club, or if I lived up in St. Helena, if I, if I lived in Meadowood, on the Meadowood Resort, life would be fantabulous and I would live an existence, not with these peasants and peons, but where, I, where God created me to live. No, hogwash. God puts you where you're at for a reason. Amen? It's not going to get any better. All you're going to have is a higher PG&E bill, higher property tax bill. Have you thought about all that? No, you haven't, apparently. So again, if you're, if you're praying for that Maserati, if you're praying for that big house, that multi-million dollar house, are you equipped to handle that? God will give it to you if you're ready for it. I promise you he will if you follow these principles. If you follow these principles, God will bless you. And again, don't get me wrong, this isn't about acquiring wealth. No, no, no. I'm not one of those preachers that say, um, you, you speak it by faith, you claim it, name it, and it's, and it's yours. It, God... Like the jet, like this preacher that's claiming this jet, this $58 million jet, crazy, crazy. He's naming it and claiming it. He's already had three previous jets that his church has bought him. He's working on his fourth jet. Amen. That is unbiblical. I want to tell you that right now. It's unbiblical. Amen. Mammon is a spirit. And, and why is that spirit important to know? Because even in the book of Revelation... It talks about this spirit of, of money, of greed in the end times. 
specifically with the Antichrist. How many remember the story in the book of Revelation where we will not be able to sell, buy, sell, or trade without a mark? The Bible says a mark on your forehead, a mark on your right hand right here without that mark. And we're going to have to be a, if you're still here, because we believe in the rapture that will take us to be with the Lord. But the Bible says that unless you have that mark, you will not be able to survive in their economic system. That's the spirit of mammon. That's the spirit of greed that's going on there. And it's going to happen in the end times. Jesus never once told any of us that money would be the answer to your problems. He never once talked about that. God is the answer to your problems. Can I get an amen? Now, again, don't get me wrong. Money and mammon are not synonymous. They're not similar. Money is not evil. I want to give you one of the most misquoted verses that people misquote in the Bible. They say that uh, money is the root of all evil. How many have heard that before? Money is the root of all evil. That's not biblical. That's not what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Hear that. For the love of money. If you have a love of money, in other words, it's all you think about. It's what you go to bed thinking. It's what you wake up thinking about. It's what you dream about. That's called love. It's called a sickness as well. But again, we got to be careful with that. We can't have that controlling our mind. It's a spirit. It's a spirit that will sidetrack you from the mission that God has for you. Amen? Amen. Uh, I think of a person, I know a person that all they think about is money. All they think about is getting over on people, how they can get over on somebody and make a penny off of them. And it's really sad when you know people like that. Nobody here in this church. But uh, again, when, when you see a person like that, your heart hurts for them because they don't understand what blessing money can be and how it should be used in, in terms of applying it to help other people, to help needs. There's needs all around us. How many know that? There's needs everywhere. All you have to do is open your eyes, spiritualize to see that. Amen? It is the love of the spirit of mammon that is evil. When we fall in love with that spirit of greed, with money, it's evil, plain evil. Greed, covetousness, selfishness are all manifestations of the spirit of mammon or the spirit of money, putting our trust in, in riches. Again, that is the reason we can't serve both God and mammon because the spirit of mammon is the opposite of the spirit of God. Mammon says to take and keep and keep, and God says to give and trust. I, I, let me tell you again, I wasn't born, you know, from my you know, knee-high learning how to tithe. We weren't raised that way to tithe in our, in our household. I wasn't a believer till I was in my late 20s. And when I became a believer, I didn't immediately start tithing because I didn't understand that principle. I didn't understand it. But I started giving, you know, a percent here, you know, a couple percents. And then I start being challenged. And I don't know for how many dozen, it's been over two dozen years now that we've been, well, no, over three dozen years almost that we've been faithful tithers. And I've seen God's blessing in that. I've been a tither here in this church. Because let's face it, if your pastor's not tithing, something's wrong, amen? Your pastor has to start with your pastor. But I would encourage you to test God in that area, amen? That's, that's what God wants from each of us. And, and when we don't seek that, 
When we don't seek that, we're trusting more in ourselves. Where what we're really saying is, God, I don't know if I can make it to the end of the month with what I have. And God says, well, who are you trusting? Your money? Or are you trusting me? Amen? Amen. How, many, how many here have struggled with financial pressures? All of us have. If you're a human being, you have struggled with financial pressures, especially here in the United States, especially here in California. Many people from uh, the other states look at us, think we're a bunch of crazy people for, pray, for paying the prices we pay in our homes, for paying for mortgages and rents and, and all that, because it's extremely expensive when you can go to another state and buy a house for half the price or a third of the price. How many know what I'm talking about? But again, we've all faced financial pressure. Sometimes some of you people that have retired, all of a sudden now you've got to live on a tight budget where you didn't have to before. And sometimes that takes getting used to that. And eventually you get used to that. But you've got to buckle up, don't you? You've got to tighten up. And, and that's, that's wise. That's wise. That's how you're supposed to do it. You can't just be greedy and start spending on QVC and say, I'm going to flipping the HSN and going back and forth and ship me this and ship me that. You can't do that. You cannot be greedy. Amen. How many times has the thought of winning the lotto crossed your mind you're, when you're going through a, a, a financial crisis? Thinking, man, if I only won a lotto, it would take care of everything. I'd be so happy. Right? That's what we think. But... Have you ever seen those stories on TV of lotto winners? What happens to them? Their lives are destroyed. How many have seen those stories? I think I saw one program once or twice. Their lives are a mess afterwards. They have people suing them. They, they end, their lives end up tragic. Um, people, broken relationships all across. Uh, it's just terrible. They didn't tithe. They didn't tithe, exactly. Tell it like it is. They didn't tithe. But... Maybe it is because they trusted in the wrong spirit, in the spirit of money, rather than the spirit of God. Amen. Let's, let's look at Matthew chapter 6 and verses 19 and 21. Because again, who are we trusting? Are we trusting him alone to meet our need? Matthew 6 and verses 19 through 21 says this. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me say that last sentence again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your treasure this morning? Let me ask you that. Where is your treasure this morning? Is it in your bank account? I hope not. Or is it in God alone? Is it in God alone? Are you trusting Him? The Lord is telling us to give to be a blessing to things that are eternal. See, how many know that by what you do here, you're storing up treasures in heaven. You're laying up treasures for yourself. One day you shall receive a crown, the Bible says. You as believers will receive a crown of righteousness. And you're storing up treasures for yourself in heaven. You may not see it here on this earth. You know, this, this past week, we went to a funeral. An uncle of mine had passed away. We were at a funeral on Thursday or Wednesday. I forget what, what day was it. Thursday? Thursday. All day. It was great to see the family members and, and all that. And he was a good man. Good man. He loved his church, and, and he did his part. 
Um, there was a couple of other people that passed away, a, a, a bishop, uh, Tenney, that I, that I had met one time and heard him preach, and he was a general of the faith, amen? And then there was another man that just passed away two days ago, another fellow by the name of Donnie Moore. How many have ever heard of Donnie Moore? And he passed away two days ago. He was the uh, chaplain of the Oakland Days. He passed away at the age of 60 years of age, um, passed away in his sleep, and he was a great man. I had heard him, met him, and heard him speak many, many times. He had come to Napa and spoken. And, but my point is, these men all laid up treasures in heaven. They laid up treasures in heaven for each of their, their own lives, their respective lives. Let that be you this morning, that you would learn to lay up treasures in heaven. Amen? Not, not the things of this world. Amen? I want to be a wise steward of the things God has given me, and I know you too as well. That is why Ann and I faithfully tithe. That is why my daughters tithe. My daughters have tithed since they were 10 and 11 years old with their allowance. They tithe every week. Every, when they get money, they tithe. And that's the principle. I don't, I don't have to, hey, I'm doing the offering right now. You want, you're going to tithe. They come to me and they, here, Dad, here's, here's my tithe. It's like automatic. So it's a principle they've learned and I believe they've been blessed because of that. Amen? Let me ask you this other question. I'm getting ready to close here. You ever wonder why at this point in your life that you don't have more? Lord, why don't I have a better car? Lord, why don't I have a better house? Lord, why don't I have a better this, that relationship? Could it be that maybe you haven't trusted in him and that you're putting your trust in these other things that I'm mentioning? Other things, the spirit of mammon? See, when the Lord sees that we are faithful... He then begins to trust us with more. Amen? He can trust you with more when you show him that you're putting your trust in him alone. Amen? Amen. So finally, we not only need to be careful with this spirit of mammon, the spirit of trusting in riches and, and your bank account and your 401k and social security, all the things that can be gone in an instant. All those things can be gone in an instant. Or... That rich uncle, that inheritance that may come someday. But guess what? It may not be there one day. Are you putting your trust in that? God forbid. God forbid you're putting your trust in that. But we need to remember that our Heavenly Father gave us the greatest gift we could ever receive. And that was His Son, Jesus Christ, who we sent to die so that you and I could have life. Amen? You and I could have life because of the greatest gift that was ever given to you and I. Again, like I said earlier, we can't ever repay him for that. We can't. But how can we, we manage our life? We can be faithful stewards of what he's given us, of our time, our talents, and our treasures. Every one of us have that, time, talent, and treasures. You and I as believers in Christ, we're the salt of the earth. We're the, salt of the, we're the light of this world unto, unto people, unto your neighbor. We're projecting the light of Christ unto them. Amen? Share that love, the gifting that God's given you. See, each of you have a gift. He's given you a gift. Share that with one another. Don't keep it all for yourself. Don't be greedy. You know what I love about back east? How many have traveled back east to the eastern states in the United States? They don't have fences in between their properties. See, here, over here in California and 
in the western United States, we pull up into our house and we have our fence. It's our side. And that's the neighbor over there. And, and you know what's sad? Is sometimes you come into your home, you hit the remote, you pull into your garage, and then your garage door shuts. And you never see your neighbor. You never say, hi. How you doing? Hey, can I, can I pray with you today? I was just thinking about you today. Hey, do you need any help? Can I wheel that garbage out for you? Have you ever thought of that? We, we get so greedy because, oh, well, that's my time. I don't have time to waste on them. Greed involves time as well. Time, talents, and treasures. God's gifted all of you to share that with one another. And that's what I'm challenging you to this week, is to begin to share that. It's not about money, what I'm talking about here. It's a spirit of generosity. Learning to give of the three gifts God has given you. Time, talents, and treasures. Amen? The opposite of greed is to be giving. Let's look forward to not only being generous givers of the time, talents, and treasures, but to expect His blessings of favor in return because you're doing what's right. You're doing what's right. Here's a blessing. When you stay under the speed limit, you get blessed by not getting a speeding ticket. Amen? That's a blessing. When you obey the principles of God, you have blessing in your life the same way. But we, 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 we hog up the time. We don't have time for people. We don't have time to share love, giving. Let's change that, amen? How many want to change that with me? Let's develop a heart of gratitude for the blessings that God is going to give us this year, that God is pouring out on us. God has given us everything, and just for that reason alone, we should eternally be grateful. Let's stand this morning. Stand with me as we close. And before we go into communion this morning, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have taught us principles in your word of giving, of our time, our talents, and our treasures. Lord, Help us not to be so greedy and selfish. Help us not to put our trust in what we see. But Lord, help us to have eyes of faith and see by faith. Lord, help us to see the needs around us, to be a blessing to those around us. And in turn, Lord, when we start doing that, Lord, you pour out blessings on us in our relationship, in our marriage, in our job. Things begin to click. Your favor goes before us. Your Holy Spirit fills us and is a light unto other people, attracting them, saying, what do you have? What do you have? I want that. I want that. And Lord, I pray that that would happen for every person here that hears my voice. Here in this church, those online that listen to this message later, Father, I pray that you would help us to have a spirit of gratitude, a spirit that would help transform those around us as well as myself. So, Father, in addition to that, I also want to say a prayer for each person here. And it goes like this, Lord. I want you to pray. I want you to, to first of all, Lord, break off of me, off of my family, and off of my descendants the spirit of mammon, of pride, of greed, 
Lord, if that resides in any part of our heart, if that's hidden in my heart somewhere, I pray remove it. I pray remove it from every person in this building. I pray remove it from every person hearing my voice. Lord, that that spirit would be broken and removed in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that now, Lord, you have replaced that with a spirit of gratitude for what you have given us. Lord, that that spirit of gratitude can fill us every day. Lord, for just the ability to wake up and breathe, the ability to get out of our bed, to walk, to have fresh water, to be able to put clothes on, to have a roof over our heads. Lord, to have food in a refrigerator. Lord, all of our needs are met. What more do we need? And Lord, we put our trust in you today that God, you would continue to supply every single need here, that healing would take place. Lord, we receive that healing today. Lord, we pray, Father, for emotional healing, for hearts that are hurting, for loved ones today, hearts that are hurting today for a loved one. I pray your healing upon them. Bless them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord.